This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria Tellez interviews Sharon Wright. She has over 20 years of vocal coaching and music teaching experience, both privately and in international schools in Spain. She has enjoyed performing for many years, as well as writing songs. Now she approached singing and music holistically and combined it with transformational coaching to discover authentic expression. Sharon discovered her own true connection with her voice and body training with Chris James. Sounds wonderful. Reconnecting within to your whole instrument body in harmony is a powerful healing tool, not only for yourself, but also for those who hear you. But the energetic quality of your expression reflects a living way. You cannot live in a way that harms you and then expect to have a healing expression. There is beauty in expressing responsibly. Sharon is into self-care in a big way, and she feels it's one of those things we often ignore or conveniently reinterpret in our quest for comfort and distraction. She studied naturopathy in Spain, and although it's not her main business focus, she feels that it supports her with the holistic and natural approach she has and to trust the immense wisdom of the body and its ability to heal. Sharon trained with Animas Coaching and qualified in transformational life coaching, and she has never looked back. She loves coaching, especially the way it combines with and enhances her skills and provides a service to others. She has a slightly more corporative hat, too. For the last 10 years, Sharon has been working as an HR manager and consultant and was a company director for a business support firm. She feels that this experience has helped her to understand the problems people have with expression. Having witnessed many instances of women feeling unheard in the workplace, she felt pulled to coach in this area. However, she now tends to help female entrepreneurs bring their creativity and soul into their business and developed a program called Connect and Express, Your Voice, Your Business. Meet Sharon on GorgeousHearts.com. Here is the interview with Sharon Wright. In your own words, who is Sharon Wright? That's a very big question. I'm not sure that I actually know who I am right now. That's the honest answer. I can tell you a little bit about what I am. Actually, who I am is really the same as who you are <laughs> at the at the center of everything. But I 
I feel that on one side, I'm a woman, a human, sometimes playing at being small, sometimes feeling a little bit compressed by the outside forces and everything that's going on around me. And I also feel that I can be a vehicle through which uh, I can access something much deeper, some, you know, a kind of magnificence that, um, that is always available to me, to us all. And I feel that it's, you know, it's my, it's my willpower, my, my decision, my choice to live each moment um, in, in a way, uh, in a kind of conscious presence, so that I move and express in a way that I can access that. On a more practical level, I'd say, well, you know, there's, there's certain things that I'm expressing right now. Uh, I'm working as a coach, as a, I call myself an empowered expression coach, but that's always evolving as well. <laughs> I think it would probably be more accurate to say that I'm a holistic voice and expression healing facilitator or something like that, but it's not quite so, well, it's a bit more confusing and not quite so catchy, I guess. But uh, yeah, that if... Um, I could probably go on and on, but um, that's kind of succinctly uh, what what I'm expressing at the moment. And also the fact that I, I love music and uh, help people with connect to their bodies through their voice. What is to be authentic to you, Sharon? This is something that I feel that I'm deepening in uh, every single day because it's not certainly something that you can't be turning on and off. And uh, it, it, it's funny, really, because I, I've seen it pop up a lot in, in a lot of content that I read. And I think it's something that we all want to express. We, we, want to, we, all, we all want to find our authenticity. We all, want to, we all want to be authentic. But it's in every single moment and it's a lived way that means that you are being all of yourself uh, in, in every single choice and decision that you make, even when that's not comfortable, even when it's going to possibly annoy somebody else, uh, rock some, rattle somebody's cage or, you know, or, or be very uncomfortable for you. That authenticity uh, is an absoluteness within your expression that uh, you need to be quite courageous to express, I would say. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And also makes me think about having no doubts, um, never doubting yourself. Is that something that happens when we become authentic? Yeah. And I, it, it's something that I think that self-doubt is like the, that proverbial kind of like devil, devil on one shoulder and the authenticity and self-confidence and everything on the other. It's not that I don't think self-doubt ever, ever goes away um, it like anxiety never really goes away because it's always there keeping us on our toes and popping up, at, raising its ugly head. But I think that when we're authentic, when we embrace authenticity, we see it more clearly and rather than reacting to it or, or self-bashing because we've felt it, we're more able to deepen with it and realize how insidious and poisonous it is to our bodies. And our self-awareness just increases around that. And um, then we, I, just, I just feel that we just evolve past it a little bit. It just becomes less potent 
as we become more authentic with ourselves. Another question I have for you is power. What is your definition of power? Again, it's um, it's something that's felt. It's not um, something, again, to turn on or off. It's something that's within you always that can be accessed. And it encompasses so many things that we don't relate with power. So I feel that uh, every time we're, we really claim all of those things that, you know, that, that aren't associated with power, like vulnerability, for example, like what else is there? That even, even things like tenderness, gentleness, we can be such gentle, powerful warriors, you know, they, all those words can go together and they don't have to exist as opposites. They can all be intertwined. And I think that all of those things make up power. I'd say that it's, uh, for, for me, it feels like, you know, when you really claim your sacredness, when you really claim the whole of who you are and you, you express it with absolute truth, that's what, that's what feels really powerful to me. And I feel that really when, when I work with my clients and we, we go deep into the vocal work and there's, there's like a, a reconnecting to the body most of my clients straight away say that they can feel a kind of delicate and warm warmth within them. But then they, they very often say, yeah, and it feels kind of powerful. And I think that just that, you know, in that connection with ourselves, we feel what power is. You mentioned the word sacred. I hear the word divine connected to the word sacred. You just mentioned the inner sacredness within us. So I'm wondering what the sacred is to you. To me, it's my connection with the divine, simple as. And I, for me, uh, the divine is in every, is everywhere. It's in the space around me. It's within me. And um, it sometimes really blows my mind, really, that, we're constantly in this space of this divine space with all the access to everything that the universe is. And yet there's all this distraction in life. There's all this doing and drive and being in our headspace and feeling that we, we have to get something or try and be better and self-develop you know even the word self-develop we've got to get somewhere and yet we're standing in this space that is vibrant with the intelligence and well something that we can't even contemplate with our minds I'm sure that that's all around us and that's that's just vibrating and passing through us all the time and what blows my mind is that we can we have a choice at every moment to connect with that. So yeah, I think that's what sacredness means to me. Talk to me about those distractions for a moment. What would they be? Yeah, I think that uh, it is very much um, your question is really is really amazing because um, it's very much to do with my big why in life. I think my the, the what what really gets me out of bed in the morning and makes me feel full of vitality and purpose, you know, because I just um, feel that 
there is such a long chain of self-neglect, self-abuse that has been passed down generation through, well, just through generations. And I I tend to work with women, but uh, I think that, you know, when I look at my my own life and how I started drinking alcohol, for example, at the age of 14 and, uh, and, and my daughters as well started quite early and, you know, they were a bit more open about it than I was with my mom. <laughs> so it's a, a little bit of a difference in generations there. I would have, uh, I would have been in real trouble, but, um, and of course they, they, they were as well, but it was just a different kind of discipline then. But it's not just the alcohol, is it? It's the television. It's the, it's our screens. It's the the the, the constant noise of the media that we can't even discern uh, at the moment what's true and what's false and who's censoring who. And there's just so much going on that we've. It's almost like it's meant. It's 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 a bit of a. I don't want to get into conspiracy theories, but it's it's almost like it's done on purpose to stop us, you know, from actually just standing in that space and saying, hey, I have access to magnificence. I have this sacredness, you know, what's going on? But, um, yeah, I think that that, that that whole chain of self-neglect, withdrawing, I think sometimes things can be so intense that we don't just don't know what's going on. And the only way we can release those tensions is by eating the comfort food, drinking the alcohol, drinking the coffee, just, you know, and, and, and it's this, this thing that we have, isn't it, that we run by our heads very, very often at the expense of our bodies, you know, just for the, the sake of a taste to relieve a tension we don't care what it's doing to our liver or our gallbladder or our lungs or, you know, anything else that's in our body. We just, we're just distracted by the taste. We're distracted by the sounds, by the sights, everything that's, that's around us that can take us away from that inner connection. What do you think or feel is the purpose of the human experience? I think that it is a... A constant learning until we get it. I uh, I know that's a simple answer, but I like simple. (laughs) But I think it's kind of like Groundhog Day, that we just keep on going around the sun and keep experiencing and experiencing and experiencing until one day we get up and we go, right, I'm not going to make that uh, same mistake. I'm going to love. I'm going to be love instead. And little by little, Every single reaction gets wiped out and we start to re-imprint our footsteps on the earth uh, with, with new choices and with, with love. I, I just feel that we're all going to evolve into where we, well, I don't think it's a forward movement. I think it's actually evolving back to, <laughs> to yeah. maybe, maybe where, where mm-hmm. the source is. I don't know. That's, that's the kind of impression I have. But, uh, yeah, I think our purpose is to be here to learn, to be love. 2020 has been a challenging time for so many of us and an interesting time for some of us. So my question is, what lessons do you think we have learned from 2020? And do you have a vision for a new reality, a better reality? Yeah, with regards to what we've learned, I think that um, 
the big takeaway this year is about expectations and pictures. We're, we're all having our pictures smashed. And I think that's a great thing because it tells us that we're not we're not in control. It tells us that we, you know, that we can be more humble. We can evolve so much from that learning. When I think of all the the things I was going to do, I mean, I only moved to Spain. Lot I've been in Spain for one year. We we moved here to a new home, just like month, just two months or so before the whole thing started with the coronavirus. And uh, it's, you know, my expectations were to be going back to the UK every two months to see my daughters, and it just hasn't happened. And uh, that's on a personal level, but when I when I see, you know, how many people have been are out of work right now and uh, suffering um, from being lonely and all this sort of thing, I think it's moving us out of, uh, of of our comfort to an extent that we're we're going to take a giant leap forward, I believe, as a human race. Because we couldn't carry on the way we were going. I, I don't think it was sustainable. <laughs> so you do see some positive changes happening in the near future yes. because of it, because 2020, right? Yeah, not not taken away. Obviously, I empathize with, with um, people, their losses and, and what people are suffering right now. Um, it's not, it, it's not, it's never... A, a good situation to be going through something that's quite so so intense and it's not just been that it's the the whole supremacy issues that have come up as well with black lives matter and just so many things this year isn't there that we've had to question and stand back and go well i have to think again what being human is speaking of um, black lives matter what is freedom to you sharon i think for me freedom is Freedom is being in my heart and not in my head. Because when I am connected with my heart, when I'm totally present, consciously present, and bringing my every, all of my expression from my heart, there is nothing, no constraints, no compression. Even time doesn't seem to have the same constraints. You know, it doesn't feel like I'm ever in a rush or anything, you know, then space opens up for me rather than than being ruled by time and uh and of course true freedom is being free from those constraints talk to me about um, your holistic approach to singing in music to discover the um, authentic expression the authentic voice yeah i mean i've i've been teaching singing for over 20 years, but um, always with a view to performers, for, to, for performance and to better the voice, to better the range and the resonance and all of the other things that you learn when you learn to sing. And um, it was about five years ago, I think, that I started to actually train to be an energetic healer. And um, I started to realize how because it was all body work, I, I started to realize how much the the uh, voice brought me back to my body. And I started to do some workshops with uh, a guy called Chris James, actually. He's an Australian and he's been doing sound work for a long, long time. And he, 
he does these workshops now of finding your true voice. And I, I did a few workshops with him and uh, just kept on uh, practicing that. And then I just brought it, brought it into my classes and started to use my coaching as well to actually think about, well, what, what is the purpose of your voice, you know, and asking all these questions about, well, what relationship do you have with your voice? How does it affect the way you express? How do you feel about it? Do you, do you actually, do you have, do you actually think about your own voice? Do you actually like it? Cause I, I can say that most of the people I've taught to sing have always said that, Oh, I hate my voice. I hate it when I hear it play back. And I was thinking, well, this is the gateway of our expression. This is, this is, this is what we use to express what we're feeling inside. And if we, don't have this connection with our voices and this confidence to use it and to just allow that spontaneous natural voice to a, to bring our expression to the world then we're always holding back and just imagine how that affects our lives and so that's the holistic aspect really because it it means that it's whole it we are one whole body instrument you know, it's not that we're, we've got these separate parts where everything is in connection. The way I'm talking now and I can feel the vibrations in my body and I know that, that my whole body is in this conversation. It's not just me thinking and making something up. My whole body is active in it. And uh, that's where that I just decided then that I couldn't carry on with the performance uh, vocal coaching anymore because it just didn't have any purpose for me it just felt that everything in that world was so competitive and uh, individualistic there was nothing for the betterment of humanity it was just I want to get I want I want my voice to sound better so that I can and, and there's nothing wrong in that don't I'm not criticizing that it's just that I personally couldn't get passionate about it I couldn't I couldn't get fired up about it anymore. So I, that's when I started to go more holistic with it. The, your program, it's called, I love the name too, Gorgeous Hearts Connect Express Program. So that's a beautiful name title. My question is how your sound, it's really known. Even um, I have done some energy work before and I noticed that they, the healer used sound to activate the chakras. And mm -hmm. that was really powerful. So how do you do it? How does it work, your program? Like if I were to sign up for it, what would be the first step? So um, very interesting what you say about the, uh, the, that you've, you've done some sound work and you can, you can feel how powerful that is. And this goes, I think, you know, um, the Egyptians used it to heal uh, in, the, in the pyramids and um, it's actually mentioned on the uh, Pyramid Code on Netflix, actually. It's something that, um, that perhaps hasn't been talked about so much, but it's, you know, it, was, it was quite interesting to hear that. But on, um, one of the things that I am quite particular about, which, which is a little bit different, for example, than, than an actual sound bath, is that I like people to take responsibility for their living way so for example the integrity the energetic integrity 
that you live is going to come out in the vibrations of your voice. So if you're somebody who is distracted often, reacts a lot, or you're, you're, you're living with, I mean, you know, the human condition, we, 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 none of us are perfect. We all do these things. But it's something that comes out. It's part of our vibration, so it is carried in the voice. So the, the work I do is that it's very much a case of, yes, there are technical exercises to, to start raising awareness of the vibrations in your body, about starting to connect your, your body with your voice. So that involves bringing your voice from different areas of your body and certain movements, for example, that, that come with that and they're movements that you just feel into. So, for example, I could take you through uh, like a, a, a maybe a, 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 I call it a siren. It's just a, an and just to bring that sound from the left shoulder across to the right shoulder and back again. So you move with, you know, you bring your consciousness to the area of your body, your, your left shoulder, for example, and then you bring the sound across your chest, the right shoulder and back again. And uh, that this, you know, we work in the hip bones, in the pelvis, in, in all different areas of the body to bring that sound and that awareness to the vibration of the body. But the main thing for me is that you can go to a healer and you can, you can have a sound healing, but you do not know 100% the integrity of the healer. You don't know whether after that healing session they're going to go and have a glass of wine. Now, I'm not saying that you can't drink if you're a healer. All I'm saying is that that energy, that withdrawal from themselves is coming out because vibration or energy doesn't stop. It doesn't suddenly uh, clear when they open the clinic door. And the what what I'm saying is, of course, there are so many healers out there who are so have amazing integrity, and you will feel it. And my my way of looking at it is that you raise your awareness, and you can discern for yourself. You don't need to uh, do anything else. This is because I've had a couple of healing sessions from people who has, uh, and it's felt horrible. Um, and I've later learned that they had been smoking weed, for example. So it's just, just ex past experiences. But when you start using your own voice, it's you that's responsible, not somebody else. So you get to actually decide to raise your awareness you get to take the responsibility for your for your own body and then you can discern what vibrational energy is coming into you because it never stops coming into you you can turn it off by distractions but it's always coming in and if you choose to look at it if you choose to feel it then nobody can ever lie to you again nobody can ever do anything that you know it might look good it might sound amazing but does it feel it? I wonder if being a vegan or vegetarian helps with raising those vibrations. Definitely the what you eat is something that needs to be felt into. I studied naturopathy oh, about 15 years ago now. And um, 
I never actually practiced it, but I remember doing a lot of, I remember that after I did my naturopathy course, I couldn't eat any more meat. And then I, I well, I had lots of uh, allergies myself. I, I had this rhinitis, how do you pronounce it? Is it rhinitis or, you know, when you just um, sneeze all the time, but like constantly. Mm, sinuses and or, yeah. All my sinuses were blocked up. It was absolutely awful. I couldn't even get on a plane without having such terrible pain in my ears. I decided to stop eating dairy and uh, gluten. They just felt heavy. And uh, somebody had told me about it. They said, you know, you want to have a go at, at, at uh, somebody I trusted, you know, you want to have a go at leaving it and see what it feels like. So I stopped eating it. And I'm not kidding you. After about two months, I, I, ha- I didn't have any more. And this was like a chronic allergy that I'd had. I'd been suffering with for years that really messed with the quality of my life. And it just after about two months, it cleared up. And after about six months, I never, ever got any allergies again. Unfortunately, that meant that uh, I didn't have much to eat. There wasn't much that, that I could eat, you know. But that I always, and then, then I brought fish back into my diet. Uh, so I do eat fish now. Um, and I think that it's something that to feel into. I, I always say it's like everything else. If there are there are worse things that there are worse things in your body. I mean, some people just like, you know, they become vegan or something and then maybe they still drink coffee. But that is still going to mess with your energetic awareness. So I do feel that I do feel that when you when you're completely vegan, you feel clearer. So. So, yes, to your question, I, I do. Fe- I, I did feel when I was um vegetarian that I felt lighter but unfortunately for me um, because of my allergies I've had to reduce my what I eat so much that it was a little bit dangerous for me to carry on well to to exclude all animal products from my diet so I just eat the occasional bit of fish now and uh, I feel that the access to magnificence the access to that space we were talking about earlier and sacredness is available to us all. It doesn't even if you can even pig out on pizza and still have awareness. It's just that you, you get clearer. You just have a clearer access. I, I, I feel when you eat really well, when you really, um, and you know, when you just feel that love for yourself, your body tells you, it just says, wow, wow, I'm so bloated after that. Well, don't eat it again then because that's your body just saying, no, I don't like that. I love what you said about the sacredness or the divine energy. It's everywhere and doesn't discriminate. It's not something that's judging whether you eat meat or not, smoke, alcohol, whatever it is. You can still access it. If for some reason, it becomes accessible, even though you have all these distractions. Because what are you trying to say, which I really love your message, is trying to be aware of the distractions, what blocks us from accessing that part of us that knows everything, which I call it intuition. Some I call a different name, but yeah, I feel that too myself when I don't eat meat, which I don't. I stopped recently and I see that everything becomes more lighter, 
I don't know about clear because it has been clear anyway, even when mm-hmm. I ate fish, not meat. I, I try not to eat land animals. So for some reason, I don't know exactly why. That's funny that you mentioned that too, that you only eat fish. Yeah, I, 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 I just, no, I was just listening to you and I thought, yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. It does feel lighter. And um, I, I think that um, one thing that you said before about, you know, the fact that it doesn't make, a, I love that how you said it, you know, that it doesn't make a judgment on on your decisions. It's it's your own, it's your own ability, it's your own awareness that um, that allows you to have access or not but I think that you could the access is broken so much easier by the guilt that you might feel about eating something that you feel you shouldn't have eaten or the self-bashing that goes on when you know oh my goodness I ate a piece of cake now I'm not gonna you know now I'm not gonna evolve and that uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that, funny that's worse that's worse than anything you know I had True. a bit of that last yeah. night actually I went to bed I <laughs> I know that I'd been overworking yesterday and I went to bed later than I usually go and I just felt like really upset with myself um that I that I hadn't spent more time connecting with myself and I just thought oh here I go again and I just thought no that's that's your old pattern Sharon that's um that's you you beating yourself up and funnily enough when i when i went to sleep i dreamt last night that i was getting drunk and i haven't drunk alcohol for about 8 years and uh it was such a haunting dream um i actually felt the vertigo and the and the horrible feeling in my body that i was being taken over by the alcohol <laughs> and i knew that it was a, it was it was telling me this is your beating yourself up is just like drinking out you might as well drink alcohol if you're going to beat yourself up you know talk to me for a moment about uh, some examples of that uh, what holds us back you mentioned holding back our expression there are some ways that we do that giving our power away to lack of consistency you mentioned and the one that is maybe the most hindering one is perfectionism I think you just spoke about one of which, which is uh, the negative self-talk and non-acceptance, not accepting ourselves. Yeah. And um, we spoke about self-doubt earlier as well, which is kind of in the same category, isn't it? Right. right. The perfectionism is a a very interesting one. Um, I think that uh, it it affects a lot of of people I work with, um, and that's something that they struggle with. And something that I've struggled definitely with myself, wanting to get things right. This right, this judgment of right and wrong, good and bad. I think that's one of the one, that's one of the things that really holds us back. Because we can be so scared of expressing ourselves authentically because we think we might get it wrong, uh, we, that we might not be good enough or that we, you know, we haven't got it perfect, so it's just not worthy. It's not um, something that we can express. And um, it's, it's, it's really making ourselves lesser. And a woman who is holding herself as lesser is just not bringing her value to the world. And it's so sad. Um, it's, it's such a waste, you know. Um, so it really feels like my mission, you know, to, to get this out you know to to stop it to stop it because it all comes from that that 
that single self-neglect that I was talking about um, at the beginning, doesn't it, from the generations that have been passed down. I mean, you know, I know that there was a lot of comparison in my family um, that I almost felt, I almost felt not just comparison, but jealousy from my mom when I was little. And I think that it can happen, you know, that the kids, our kids can come through and they they hold this light that we that we don't understand. And it makes us feel a little bit like, how come our kids are actually expressing their light more than I am? How can that be? You know, that's that's it, it's just this. Yeah, this this being lesser is is something that we it's so embedded in our society as well. You know, right from when we're little kids and we're not supposed to talk about how good we are at something or you know celebrate or appreciate ourselves I mean how many times do people talk about you know oh I've got a gratitude list and I'm writing down all the things I'm grateful for but is there any time that there's an appreciation list that's for ourselves and what we bring and what we can bring and of course because we are are always in this conundrum of of what's right and what's wrong we just don't you know and I think that the base of that there's that fear as well isn't the Valeria there's that fear of rejection and then the need for validation because we feel we fear that we're going to be rejected I often ask the question I didn't ask you yet and I don't think I will because we have been talking about but I ask about unconditional self-love if you believe my guests I often ask them and most of them say they do believe, but it it's, doesn't seem like realistic goal or destination. But it's a, a great practice. Yes, it is because um, I think that you know we have conditions on so many things in life that how can we suddenly not have uh, have conditions in love? And when you look at families, we talk about love in families, but there's more abuse in families that there is than there is anywhere else you if you you couldn't get away with talking to your neighbor like some people talk to their family members and and yet there's this idea of that families are are love you know but i i i feel that uh, unconditional love is absolutely possible and something that we should all be feeling a responsibility to strive towards and when i say strive towards I don't really mean that. I mean more deepen into rather than go towards. You know, it's something that we already have. We've just got to drop the conditions on everything else because it's like everything else. You can't just switch it on and off. It's something that you have to live. And if you have a condition about your your work, like I don't mind working, but I need to get paid for it. Well, that's a condition already, isn't it? And yes, of course, we need to make a living. But can we trust that we that if we just stepped forward and just responded and gave value and just brought the whole of ourselves into the world that that maybe things would just happen for us? It's uh, very often the way it's happened for me. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> so we're almost at the end. I have a few more questions for you. But before I ask them, would you like to add anything or even talk about your... Um, book you're writing a book at this moment uh, you sent it to me I think it's titled the river of sensitive expression yes I'm I'm still in the process of writing that and I think I will be for some time um, it started off as a an exercise 
of um, trusting my expression and trust to see what was going to come out. And um, it's something about my childhood that I was a very sensitive uh, child and I still consider myself um, a very sensitive woman and something that I was very often told off for being and made to feel less because of. And um, I started to write about it because I wanted to empower women who are sensitive to embrace it because it really is a superpower when you own it, when you claim it and you you realize that it's actually enabling you to sense more of that sacred space <laughs> that we were talking about. So, yeah, it's it's a book that um, it's still in very early stages I'm also writing a course that um, I want. I want to get my the practical side of what I do all onto video, so that people can access it and start to actually use it. I want it to be something that people can just do every day. You know, just like you might do your sit-ups and your <laughs> your jogging or your walk or whatever. That it becomes part of a daily routine um, because. Our movements are so important to that authenticity and that connection because when we try and fight our mind with our mind, we get into trouble. And because we already have these these um, blinkered perceptions, these these ideals and beliefs that we've had for so long that can really taint how we fight with ourselves, and we're always on the on the on the back foot with that. But as soon as we move, as soon as we express, as soon as we do something that's like a routine or a, a ritual of some kind, we completely break that chain and, and that brings us back. So as I say, I want to do these. Um, I'm, I'm in the process at the moment of recording everything so that I can start pulling things out and, and get a course that people can do. I, I still like the idea of the one-to-one -one coaching with it because... I feel that I need to hear somebody's voice because there's a lot in that. You know, after 20 years of teaching vocals, I, I, my ear has become quite attuned to what somebody's voice is energetically. You know, it's 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 not my ear; it's 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 the vibrational quality of it. So, um, but even so, it would be good that people had this kind of yeah, this way of practicing that and doing it every day. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? Oh, what a fantastic question. I think that, what would I do if I was going to die? You've really stumped me with this one. You know, because I'm, we, we're caught up in this coronavirus at the moment. The first thing that came to my mind was, oh, I'd be with my kids, you know, and I can't, I can't be with them at the moment because of, uh, of being separated from them in Spain. I think that um, there's nothing I would do particularly differently because every day for me is a day of purpose. It's a day that I I want to bring my all. Um, but I think that if I knew I was going to die, I would just step it up. I would just step up that responsibility. I'd, I'd stop all the crap, you know, the, 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 you know, the things, the excuses... The, oh, I couldn't do it that day, or that the you know I, I I just decided to check out. I'd just I'd just step it up, I think, a notch. 
So my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of now? I know that I have access to the divine, that everybody else has that access. I know that love is the most important, the important thing of all to be love. And I know that my connection to myself is the whole reason for me, the whole reason to be. And, and that is the access to that, that space, that sacredness and that divinity. Absolutely love your wisdom. Thank you for sharing that with us. I love your message. I love your work. I love how authentic you are, genuine, generous. Thank you. And thank you. Um, and, you know, it's not, it's not my wisdom. It's not my anything. We, we remember that we are all in that space. We're all able to access whatever there is. And, um, whatever that space brings to us, the, the deep wisdom and, and beauty and love that is held in that space. And that's just, uh, we're, we're all able to access that at any time. It's just a choice away. And I love how humble you are too. <laughs> <laughs> and I do have one more question. This is a technical one. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects and courses too? Okay. So uh, I think the best place to connect with me would be my website. So that's um, www.gorgeoushearts.com uh, forward slash connect. Um, no contact, <laughs> contact me. Um, but just the, just the website. Yeah, that would be the best. I mean, I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook group that, um, I've actually only just, uh, put up because I've been working a lot with business owners and, uh, just decided that I wanted to go, I wanted to start working with mothers, um, because of this generational, uh, passing down of self-neglect and how it affects future generations of women. So um, I've just actually started uh, a new Facebook group where I'm, I, I, I would, you know, encourage women to join that. And uh, that one's called a Magnificent Mama Bear. And, uh, and, and in that group, I, I hope to get a really nice big community of women who have the same kind of mission, the same, the same feeling that we want to, you know, self-love and reflect that beauty to our children and our children's children and just start a complete revolution uh, for, for women to, to stop playing small and to embrace their, their magnificence. Thank you so much again, Sharon, and we'll talk soon. Thank you very much, Valeria. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Sharon Wright and her work, please visit gorgeousheartscom To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.